Hi, I'm Mark DeMoz, one of the teaching pastors at the Mosaic Church of Central Arkansas, located in the University District of Little Rock's Urban Center, 72204. Welcome to our podcast. Founded in the summer of 2001, Mosaic is a multi-ethnic and economically diverse church where significant percentages of black and white Americans, together with men and women from more than 25 nations, walk, work, and worship God together as one. Learn more at mosaicchurch.net. The following message was recorded live at Mosaic as part of the Fulfilled series during the Christmas season in December of 2023. Thanks for listening. This is like one of the most expensive sermons I've ever preached. You know, not not in terms of real dollars, but in terms of value and worth, because I don't know how many of you have ever one thought about winning the lottery and daydreamed about what would you would do with all that money, you know. Today's Powerball is now giving out, like paying out billions of dollars, which is just amazing, isn't it? And, and sometimes I think, what would I do with a billion dollars? And sometimes I think, you know, the, the lottery is only like 700 million. That's not enough. I need a billion, right? Well, what am I going to do with a billion dollars? But somehow I start playing it through in my mind. And it's like, first thing I do is I dump a whole bunch of money on the church, and the church would never have to worry about ever having to have any money again, and we could buy all these shopping centers. And then I think, that's probably the worst thing I could ever do for the church, right, (laughs) to do that and make us not solely dependent on God. And then I think, you know what I do? I post on Facebook, everybody that needs a car, come meet me down at this dealership, and I'd buy everybody cars. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's just me. I don't know how you dream about that, but I have a feeling that if if that really happened, it would bring on as many problems as it would solve, if you know what I mean. But today, I want to encourage you with the fact that Christ is our spiritual powerball. I mean, what he did and how he came to this world is greater than the chances of you winning that powerball. It's amazing. And what's crazy is like now the odds of winning the Powerball is one in 290 million uh, people, which basically means you randomly select one person out of the entire USA. And if you get that right, you win it. So it shows you how difficult it is and how improbable it is. But what we're going to see is how a sovereign, powerful God can overcome all of those things to do the things that he desires for us and he was willing to do for our sake. So let's take a look at the passage that Clarissa just read. This series is called Fulfilled, and today we're starting it. It's going to last throughout the rest of the month, and you will see how much God foretold about the coming of his son and how specific it was regarding who he was, where he was coming from, how he was going to be born, what his life was going to be like, how he was going to be crucified, and on and on and on. And it's all captured in these four verses. There's some really powerful concepts just within this little passage, and we're going to use this as the basis of our entire series. So it says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, 
one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Micah 5.2. Now God revealed through Micah some 700 years before Christ appeared. 700 years. So just imagine that you and I, on this day in 2023, near the end of 2023, could predict in the year 2723, who was going to be the next world leader, where they were going to be born, how they were going to be born, who their family was, and all the circumstances about their life, their character, the way they died, the way they'd be betrayed. Isn't that crazy? That's what God did. He used a collection of authors to reveal who this Messiah was going to be. And just out of this little passage are five main revelations. Here's the first one. What did he reveal? He revealed the specific city. But you, O Bethlehem, from you shall come forth from me. This is huge, right, that he got that city right. And it wasn't just like him saying, oh, yeah, uh, New York City, because it's got the most population. He chose Hollis, Arkansas. It'd be equivalent to us saying, next world leader is going to come out of Hollis, Arkansas. Anybody even know where Hollis is? I only know it because I ride through there on all these little cities on my motorcycle sometimes out in the middle of the backwoods. To get to Hollis, you have to go through Ola. Everybody know where Ola is? That's how small Hollis is. So that's the next biggest small town, big town. But it's equivalent to God saying, man, this is where he's from. Because Bethlehem back in those days was nothing compared to Jerusalem, which wasn't that far away. And it made no sense for the Messiah to come out of such an insignificant place. But the fact that God revealed the specific city Amazing. That's like one in 300,000 based on the mathematical calculations that they've done on this. Secondly, he revealed both the family lineage and his heart for the seemingly insignificant. Notice what he says. refers to Bethlehem as too little to be among the clans of Judah. Okay, so he knows how insignificant it is. But he calls it out as from the family of Judah. So remember, the family of Judah was fairly prominent in the, within the nation of Israel. But Bethlehem was a part of it, but they were kind of like the forgotten stepchild. Okay? And remember, why this is so critical is because if Christ was going to be the Savior of all people, he had to make himself available and accessible to all people. And that meant not just being born in Bethlehem, because they didn't even have room in Bethlehem, but being born instead in a stable out in the middle of nowhere, exposed, accessible by the lowly shepherds that came and found him and worshiped him. That says something about our God, about how much he cares that those who've been left out and disenfranchised know that he came for them. That's us. Look at the next thing he revealed. He didn't only just reveal his first coming, but also his second. Because many believe 
that this passage, it says, one who is to be the ruler in Israel, that that's talking about the second coming, not his first birth. And Mark's going to spend a whole uh, sermon on that in just a couple of weeks. And then lastly, he revealed who he is from other prophets, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So he's basically saying, others have spoken about him. Okay? And they've affirmed who this Messiah is going to be. And so... I'd like to present a slightly different approach to the analogy that we talk about with regard to how improbable all this is, because you know, the Old Testament speaks of him over 300 times, over 300 times. And if you think about it, most of those prophecies were declared 700 years before the appearing of Christ. And just think again, what if you, could you guess 300 definitive characteristics about somebody in the year 2723. It takes an omnipotent, sovereign God to accomplish that. Now, it turns out there's actually math behind this, and I had actually broke out a spreadsheet for you all, and it turns out a math professor actually calculated these odds. And you've heard Mark talk about the odds are so big, it'd be like covering the entire state of uh, Texas with silver dollars and marking one with an X and giving you one shot to find that silver dollar or the, you know, in the feetfuls of piles of silver dollars, and that's how improbable it is. But I went on this morning and looked at that. Go to the next slide and try to make it in terms of like winning the lottery. Okay, so here we have the probabilities of eight prophecies fulfilled by one man is one times 10 to the 17 to 17 zeros. And the probability of winning the Powerball lottery is one in 290 million. And so to make those two equivalent, you would have to win the, the lottery, the Powerball lottery, more than twice in your lifetime just to have those eight prophecies come true. That's just eight. We've, we're covering eight this morning. I think we're actually covering 10. If you consider the five we just went over, plus about the four or five we're about to cover. And that gets you into probably three or four lotteries. But in reality, this math professor also said, if there's 48, just 48 prophecies, gives you one in one times 10 to the whatever that is. I don't even remember what the number is, but it's equivalent to winning the Powerball lottery more than six times. One person wins the lottery, the Powerball, six times in their lifetime. You know how likely that is going to happen. It makes it virtually impossible, which is why we have such an awesome possible God, right? who's able to overcome all those things. So we've already covered five of the things revealed about Christ. Let's look at a few more that the voices of old talked about. Look at this next passage. This is Isaiah in Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which in Matthew 
They said means what? God with us. So right then, we get not only the fact that he's going to be conceived and born through a virgin, the virgin birth story, but also that his name's going to be Emmanuel. And that means God with us. What does that even mean? God with us. Well, it turns out he clarifies that just a couple of chapters later in Isaiah 9. Look at what he says. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Does that sound familiar? This is like Old Testament version of John 3.16, right? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in them shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we have this introduction in the Old Testament of what God is about to do and the fact that he is giving us through this child says a lot, right? Christ didn't just come onto the scene as an adult. His entire life from beginning to ascension was marked by God's handiwork and his and what he was trying to communicate to us about his son. And the first thing he wanted you to know is from the very beginning, he wants us to know he knows what it's like to be human. You know, he was born as a child. He was raised as a child. And the fact that he, God chose to empty himself of the deity and the authority and the rights and privileges of God and come and humble himself in the form of a child says so much about how much God cares about us. Because you notice it's who it's for. For to us, to us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So notice all the things that just in this little passage reveals about the coming Messiah. One is the government shall be upon his shoulders. Don't think that means civil government, right? This is referring to the fact that he is king and ruler of a kingdom. And that kingdom rests on his shoulders. And the fact that his name is who he's going to be. So not only did God reveal a time and a, or a, a, a city and how and where and the family, but he's like, this is what he's going to be like. When it says that God is with us, this is what this means. God is with you. He's given to you. This is what it means. You now have a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, the prince of peace with you. Do you understand the significance and the value of that? Much greater than six Powerball lotteries. Seriously, that's why I say this is the most important valuable message I've ever preached. <laughs> but notice that those four things represent all the different aspects of who God is. It represents 
authority. It represents a sovereignty. It represents eternal nature's enduring nature. It represents his incomprehensible, incomprehensible, miraculous divine nature. And it represents the multifaceted role that Christ plays in our lives. Counselor, right? The one that's guiding and giving you advice and is able to shepherd you, is able to see your life and know and understand everything about you from generations past to generations forward and knowing the slightest, most intricate aspects of your personality, of all the stuff you've been through, of all the stuff that's shaped you and molded you. And the word for wonderful means that it's just beyond your ability to comprehend. It is so outrageously good and accurate that you just can't begin to comprehend how anybody could know that about you, love you through it anyway, and guide you through it. That's what Wonderful Counselor is. The mighty God refers to the fact that he has unlimited power. He has the ability to redeem and to heal and to conquer, overcome death, overcome sickness, overcome any adversity. All he has to do is speak the word. That's who's with you. He's the everlasting father. It's spoken of as like in the paternal sense, as though he's the one that has compassion for you, just as a father does his children. He's the one who uh, provides for you, who cares for you. That's who Christ is. And then lastly, he's the Prince of Peace, my favorite one of all, (laughs) right? He has the authority of peace. He's broken down all the barriers between you and God and made peace with God on your behalf so that you can have peace on this world, regardless of what's happening around you. You can have wholeness and well-being in the midst of difficulty, trial, and struggle. He knows all. He sees all. He can speak all. He can provide as needed. He is the God that has come to this earth to walk with you. And not just in good times, right? We, we tend to think, yeah, it's great. He's great. We need him, both in good, but also you have to worship with him and walk with him also in bad times, in difficult times. This time of year, many times is not joyful for many people for a variety of reasons. There's just always a lot of drama that happens around Christmas time. And a lot of times, instead of it being, you know, season's greetings, it's like season's grieving, you know. But I wanted to share with you two testimonies this week of people in this body who are living this out. I don't know if they're watching online or not this morning, but I've asked them both if I could share their stories because both of them have been tremendous testimonies of people who are living as though 
They are walking with God, God with us. The first one is Renee Wells. Many of you know Renee. If you've been in, um, in Soul Sisters, she's one of the teachers there. She's been a member of the church for, I don't know, three or four years. But her brother passed the day after Thanksgiving, her younger brother. And as I was talking with her and praying with her, she said, you know, I'm the oldest of 12 siblings, and that was the last one of my 11 siblings. And at first I was like, I kind of, you know, just kind of passed over him. But then I went back and said, did you just tell me you were the oldest of 11 and all 11 of your siblings have already passed? And she said, yes. That brother was the last one remaining. And he passed suddenly the day after Thanksgiving. Her parents have already passed. And she said, this has been devastating to me. You know, all 11 younger siblings, gone. And she said, but I still cling to who God is. I still turn towards him to help me walk through this time. And I was like, God bless you. That is a deep and abiding faith. That is God with us as counselor, as mighty God, as everlasting father and prince of peace, because she had it, even though she was in tears and devastated by that tremendous loss and feeling of loss and grieving, there was tremendous peace in her voice. And she asks us to pray for her and her family, because they're going to be celebrating his life this week. And just all the extended family that we all need to be praying for, right? But that is an example of a person who knows how to see this Emmanuel, God with us, and live it out. A second one is Eddie Bowles, who many of you know, he's, he's been the host here sometimes on Sundays. He and his family have been here several years, and uh, Anastasia is one of the law professors at, at the Bowen School of Law. And Eddie was rushed to the hospital this year for the third time and had open-heart surgery on um, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. It's the third time. And all three times should have been what are known as widow-makers. And this last surgery lasted eight hours long, and, you know, and they don't even know how to treat him because they've never seen somebody with three of these kinds of episodes that has ever made it. And so yesterday when I went to visit Eddie, he got really deep with me really fast. He could barely even talk as we were talking because he was in his bed and had all the tubes coming out. And, um, and he just said, why do you think God has given me three miracles? I need to know what my purpose is. It could, maybe it's just that I'm, you know, he wants me to raise these boys. Maybe there's something in line with that, but maybe there's something more. I'm going to use this time to help me really think through what that might be, and I need to make the most of my life so that I can fulfill whatever it is he's asked me to do. See, that is God with us. That is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace in the midst 
of difficulty, sorrow, pain, trial, and tribulation. And so how are you guys doing with this? Now that you have a couple of examples of living examples within you, can you get past wherever you're at and recognize God is with you? You know, my mother, God bless her, she told me the other day that, you know, sometimes God goes before us. And it's easy to see when he opens doors and when he knocks down barriers and stuff like that. And she says, sometimes he comes behind us. And the only way you really see him coming behind us is you got to turn around and see where he's been. Then it becomes clear that he was your rear guard. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to use that, Mom. I'm going to make sure I credit you if I do, because <laughs> that is profound. But as you look back on your life, do you see the God who's been with you? You know, and if, and if you're wondering, like, if there's something happening in your life that makes you want to shake your fist at God and question Him and curse Him and stuff like that, you know, is, there's nothing wrong and there's nothing to be ashamed of for being in those moments. God can take it. But what He wants you to know is that if you look hard enough and you look behind you and you see where He's been with you all this time, and that he's probably carried you a lot more than you realize. That's where he wants to get you. Where instead of shaking your fist at him and cursing him for where you are, you're able to, with peace and gratitude and worship and thanksgiving, look behind you and say, thank you, God, for how you carried me through this time. Renee said this morning, she goes, I feel like God is carrying me like my mom, a mother, carries her baby. I bet if you look back on your life, you would see that a lot clearer than you think. And so this morning, as we kick off this Christmas series, God with us, my prayer is that you would see how much he has been with you and that you would look forward to the fact that he will be that same God with you no matter what happens. Thank you, Lord, for the blood applied. Thank you, Lord, for coming to be among us. Thank you for being our wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. We worship you and honor you in Christ's name. I hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message recorded live at Mosaic Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Take a moment right now to subscribe on your favorite platform and get our podcasts pushed right to your device each week. We welcome your comments. If you live in Central Arkansas, we hope you'll visit us soon in person. And thanks also for considering our financial needs. To donate, visit mosaicchurch.net. That's mosaicchurch.net. On behalf of all of us at Mosaic, I'm Mark DeMoz. Thanks again for listening.